Are you confused about when to administer consequences and when to grant mercy and grace when your little ones disobey? Are you curious about what Scripture says when it comes to the why, when, and how of discipline? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's Ask Ginger episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Another great way to support our ministry is by helping us get the word out to other parents by subscribing to our podcast and leaving a rating or review wherever you listen. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Do your kids just love getting mail? Do you go to the mailbox with them and sift through the mountain of paper, like coupon for mold removal? Yeah, don't need that, hopefully. Electric bill, ouch. Bathing suit magazine you didn't request, um, no thank you. But what if your kids went to the mailbox with you to find an engaging current events magazine just for them, presented from a biblical worldview? God's World News is just that, and so much more. They offer bi-monthly print magazines and corresponding online content that will walk your kids through current events in age-appropriate ways, from toddlers all the way to teens. Just go to gwnews.com ginger to get a free copy of God's World News. Again, that's gwnews.com ginger to help your kids build their news literacy so they can better live out the gospel. Well, hey there, Ginger. I am really excited to do another Q&A, or as we like to call it now, Ask Ginger episode. But before we do that, I'd like to read a few of our listener comments that we've received. Uh, listener Ritter 97 says this, I am so glad I found this podcast. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I am so grateful for the advice given and that they back it up with truth from the Bible. The kid quips have me laughing out loud. Thank you for this podcast. And also, Randy Petter says, there is so much parenting noise out there, much of which conflicts with what the Bible says. This podcast is so helpful. Ginger's advice is practical, applicable, and rooted in Scripture. I am so thankful for this show. We also want to give a special thanks to our listener, Dara Springfield, for her generous donation in May, and Jenna Mansfield, who just joined our monthly donors in July. Listeners, we appreciate your support so much more than we can possibly say, and we'd like to take this opportunity now that we're doing more regular Ask Ginger episodes to thank those of you, our supporters, and those who have left comments. So look forward to hearing more of those in the future. Okay, so as I mentioned, we're going to be doing more Ask Ginger episodes. Listeners who've been around a long time may remember that we've been doing this since way back in episode nine. And pretty soon after we hit publish on the podcast, the questions started flowing and it became apparent that we needed to address people's specific concerns as we were able to do so. Well, it's gotten to the point now that we couldn't possibly answer all of our listener questions, but we absolutely want you to know that we read them and we would love for you to continue submitting those. And we'll do our best to make this a more regular part of our programming. Now, Ginger likes to be very thorough on our regular episodes, but these will feel more like 
I don't know, like you ran into her in the grocery store and just asked that burning parenting question that keeps you up at night. And as she does so well, Ginger will offer a fairly brief response and encouragement. Uh, That's our goal with these episodes, but I've known Ginger long enough just to tell you guys, don't (laughs) hold her to it. Uh, We all know that she can be thorough. Uh, even if she has a grocery cart full of frozen foods. Isn't that right? (laughs) You know me very well, Katie. (laughs) I actually have a pretty hard time giving quick answers. I don't know. It seems like when I'm at events, I'm able to do that a little better than on this podcast for Mm. some reason. Um, And I think that's because I come from a long line of overthinkers. But we are planning to do more Ask Ginger episodes, like Katie said, because we do have so many questions. But just know that there's going to be probably no rhyme or reason as to what whether or not we answer one or 10 questions on each episode. It all depends on how much overthinking I'm doing on that particular day. That's right. Well, let's get started. Today's first question comes from Sherry in the Sunshine State of Florida, and she writes this. I appreciate your biblical advice and have been reaping fruit from it for the past several years. One thing I still struggle with and have not found a clear answer to is regarding lying. On your podcast on when to discipline, you and Katie mentioned the importance of disciplining for dishonesty. But what if, after telling a lie, my child confesses that he lied and confesses the truth? How do I apply Proverbs 28, 13, which says, He who covers his sin will not succeed, but he who confesses and forsakes it will receive mercy. The fact that my five-year-old is confessing the truth lately is an improvement, as he has been starting to lie more frequently in the last year or so. So I have not been disciplining for the lie, but rather asking heart-probing questions, reminding him of the seriousness and natural consequences of habitual lying, and then have him try again. So when I ask you blank, what should your answer be the first time? Let's try it. Should I actually be disciplining for the lie even after he confesses that he told a lie? Well, hi, Sherry. And first, I just want to say that I am really glad you asked this question because it gives us an opportunity to talk about the importance of asking the Lord for discernment and seeking His guidance when it comes to the why, when, and how of biblical discipline. We really hope our listeners are encouraged with all the practical side uh, of this podcast and the suggestions that we make, but we don't want any parent to be more reliant on our suggestions than they are God's Word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Some things are biblical absolutes, and some things are not. In other words, it's a biblical command that children not lie. It's a biblical command that parents discipline their children when they disobey. But the specifics of how biblical discipline is to be implemented for each particular act of disobedience are not really biblical absolutes, meaning they may not look exactly the same in every family and every situation, and they don't have to. In our home, as I've mentioned before, there was a physical consequence for direct disobedience, defiant attitudes, and lying. But Sherry, as you just mentioned, in regards to lying, there's more than one way to address it from a biblical perspective. There's no biblical mandate that requires a parent administer a specific consequence when a child lies. But uh, I think your question really is whether or not there should be a consequence at all. Mm. I encourage you to consider that even if you choose to not administer a consequence when your son confesses his lie, that doesn't mean he doesn't suffer one. Lying damages relationships with God and others. 
those are consequences. There are always consequences for sin. Mm-hmm. Consequences are part of God's plan to warn and protect his children from continuing down a dangerous path that leads to harm. So say if little Jenny is told to not touch the hot grill when daddy is cooking and she disobeys and touches it anyway, daddy forgives her. Daddy shows mercy, grace, and compassion, but little Jenny still suffers the consequences of a painful burn for her disobedience, which deters her from disobeying in that way again. That's the beauty of God's plan in action. Consequences are for the good of his children. Throughout Scripture, there are so many accounts of people confessing and repenting of sin, just like your son is doing, Sherry. Uh, King David actually comes to mind. He told a lot of lies and sinned against God in astronomical ways. And although God forgave him and restored David when he confessed his sins and repented, God still allowed him to suffer some pretty stiff consequences. Those consequences were God's mercy, and loving kindness to encourage David to follow the path that leads to life instead of death. And keep in mind that consequences are part of God's plan for those who know him and those who don't. Children who have not yet surrendered their lives to Jesus, they still face consequences. Sin separates them from God, and lying in particular, as I mentioned, damages family relationships. The foundation of the family relationship is built on trust. So when lies are involved, that foundation crumbles. If they do know the Lord, the consequences also involve the absence of the peace, joy, and closeness God's children experience in their relationship with Jesus when they choose to disobey. So even when parents choose to not administer a consequence, children still have them. Sherry, I love the verse on mercy you shared from Proverbs 28, 13, which says, I'm going to say it again, he who covers his sin will not succeed, but he who confesses and forsakes it will receive mercy. One thing to consider is that mercy and consequences are not mutually exclusive, Mm -hmm. meaning that consequences are part of God's mercy. He uses them to deter his children from continuing in sin that leads to death. And Ginger, I do appreciate that Sherry is desiring to grant the same mercy and grace to her son when he confesses his lies that Jesus grants to sinners who confess. And I think what she's saying is that if we as parents want to be more like Christ in every aspect of our lives, including parenting, why shouldn't we grant mercy in the same way Jesus does? Yeah, and I get that. And yes, it's the mission of every Christian to be more like Jesus. But the difference is... We aren't Jesus. Mm. Jesus bore the punishment for our sins on the cross and paid our debt in full so that those who put their faith and trust in him receive 100% of God's mercy and grace, which are demonstrated in his forgiveness and atonement. The miracle of Christ is that God's children do not suffer the consequence of eternal damnation in hell, which is the ultimate act of mercy that only the blood of Jesus has the power to grant. Mm. But that's just it. We don't hold that kind of power, which is why we point our children to Jesus for salvation and atonement. Yes, our mission is to be more like Christ, even in our parenting. We want to exemplify all of his characteristics to our children, including his mercy and grace. But our mercy and grace toward our children doesn't carry the same weight as the Lamb of God's. Mm. And that's why our roles are different. It's by God's mercy that he allows his children to suffer consequences for sinful behavior. Consequences urge children away 
from dangerous and destructive paths. That's part of God's plan. And he uses parents as vessels to set that plan into motion. God commands parents to discipline children as a means to redirect them to the path that leads to Jesus, the path that leads to wisdom and life. Proverbs 28, 13 is a beautiful reminder of God's mercy toward repentant sinners. And God does call parents to be merciful just as he is merciful. But God's calling for parents to show mercy and grace to their children does not negate his command for parents to discipline and instruct their children when they disobey. Mm -hmm. In fact, he works all of his commands and counsel for his glory and the good of his children. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Lying is disobedience to God and disobedience to parental authority. Lying is sin, and God calls parents to administer discipline when children choose to live in sinful disobedience. But Sherry, the reason I love your question so much is because there is room for the Holy Spirit's leading and discernment when it comes to the specifics of how training, disciplining, and discipling might play out with your child who's struggling with lying. So I encourage you to pray for the Lord to give you wisdom and how to handle it. One thing you wrote is that your son is not lying as much as he was, but that he is still struggling with lying, which means that he hasn't exactly forsaken the sin of lying. Mm. Let's take a closer look at that verse that you shared. It says, he who confesses and forsakes sin will receive mercy. So what does that mean for the one who has not fully forsaken it? Hmm. The question we have to ask ourselves is this, is the withholding of consequences from a child who's struggling with the sin of lying going to bring good or bring potential harm? Will withholding consequences teach him the law of the harvest that he reaps what he sows, or could it hinder him from understanding that there are consequences for sin and disobedience? Will withholding consequences for lying deter him from that sin, or could it motivate him to use God's mercy and grace as a license to continue in that sin. We want our children to understand, accept, and appreciate God's grace toward repentant sinners, but we don't want to encourage them to be abusers of His grace. Jude 4 warns about the ungodliness of those who abuse His grace as a means to serve their own sinful desires. That verse describes such a person. It says, they are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality. The withholding of consequences can lead children astray and encourage them to become abusers of God's grace. You know, even those who oppose the wisdom and counsel of God agree that confession is... It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. In other words, if a violent criminal received mercy without consequences, think about that. This world would be in far worse shape than it already is. Mm. Sherry, all that to say, 
pray through what the Lord would have you to do regarding consequences. It might be that he leads you to different measures for different scenarios, meaning it might be wise to consider whether or not the lie is exposed by way of confession or by way of being caught. Although we see from Jude 4 that even voluntary confession can stem from sinful motive. We've all probably heard the saying, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. That same concept can apply to a child who consistently follows up with voluntary confessions after lying. So we have to consider possible motives. Is the child quick to admit to lying because he's genuinely remorseful and repentant? Or is he quick to admit to lying because he's learned that mere confession enables him to sin without parental consequences? Those are questions that Katie and I can't answer because only God knows the true motive of the heart. What we can do as parents, though, is ask thought-provoking questions to help our children evaluate their own heart motives. Keep in mind that true repentance means change. A simple question might be, sweetheart, are you confessing your lie because you're brokenhearted over it and because you want to turn away from sin that dishonors God or because you don't want to get in trouble? It's wise to help children understand the difference. One motive is based on desire to love, please, and serve God, and the other is based on a desire to love, please, and serve self. Well, remember how I said at the top of the show that we were going to get the kind of answer from Ginger that she would give if you ran into her in the grocery store? Well, all of our ice cream is melted, and... Um, <laughs> But we have gained so much from this answer. So thank you for that. So another lesson for today is don't get ice cream and then ask me a parenting question. No. You know what? <laughs> Listeners just have Ginger over for dinner. I bet if you make hot dogs, she will stay there all night answering your questions. No doubt. As I stuff my face with your delicious hot dogs. That's right. Oh, but Ginger, I just love how the Lord has used you in my own life and the lives of so many of our listeners. And I really, I don't have a ton to add here since you just... Man, you hit the nail directly on the head, so to speak. But I do want to reiterate a few things that you said that stuck out to me and maybe one thing uh, that I had some insight on. But the first thing is this. Consequences can and probably should vary according to the personality of the child, the situation, and even the phase of life. So, Ginger, you mentioned natural consequences and how it damages our relationship with the Lord, but I would encourage parents not to consider that the end of the consequences the child ought to face, especially a young child, because that's such an abstract concept to them. There's a reason why physical consequences are effective at certain ages and stages of life, because they can't grasp some of these higher level consequences that we might do for, say, a teenage child. So just one thing to keep in mind. Um, but Ginger, you and I have had so many discussions in the past few years about the topic of discipline, and we have fielded probably hundreds of questions about it. Uh, we've also received a handful of hateful comments because of how we have encouraged parents to push back on some of the modern approaches to parenting that deny the necessity of biblical discipline. But our stance is, and always will be, that you, and I'm talking to our parents, our, our listeners now, you have been given the responsibility of disciplining your children and the fear and instruction of the Lord. And as a result, you will stand before God and give an account of how you have done that. So if you are convicted by the Holy Spirit and through careful study of God's word have decided that consequences in your family should look a certain way, then by all means, you should listen to that 
But my caution is to make sure that any voices you choose to listen to, ours included, need to be examined in light of Scripture. And even go so far as to compare what you've learned in Scripture to other places in God's Word as well. Because it's really easy for us to cherry pick verses, even us. I mean, we are guilty of that, I'm sure, as well. But it's easy to cherry pick verses that support our opinions. But it's much harder to find ourselves out in left field if we allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. Um, Ginger, another thing you said that I found so helpful is about consequences. Just because they are hard and painful for everyone involved doesn't mean they aren't loving and merciful. Mm. We live in a world that idolizes pleasure and comfort. So this is something we really have to make an effort to view through the lens of Scripture. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it isn't right and good. Um, And the final thing that really stuck out to me is that our goal as parents is to encourage our children to forsake sin, not just avoid the consequences of it. It really does require so much discernment to know how to lovingly discipline our children. But we know from James 1.5 that anyone who lacks wisdom should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given. So the first two things we should do when we have parenting questions are, number one, to cry out to God for wisdom, and number two, go to God's word for insight. And then maybe a little bit further down the list, but still on the list, is to go to gingerhubbard.com slash askginger and send us more questions so we can keep these Ask Ginger episodes rolling. (laughs) Now is the part of our show where we share a funny kid quip from one of our listeners. Today's kid quip is courtesy of Beth from Pennsylvania, and she says this, On the way home from his third and final day at day camp, my very serious and literal five-year-old son, William, told me that his counselor was a parent. When I asked him if his counselor had any kids, he replied that, no, he is a parent that doesn't have any kids yet. So I said, oh, he's an adult. Parents have children. William paused a moment and asked if I was an adult. After affirming that I am indeed an adult, his eyes got really wide and he sucked in a deep breath. In absolute shock, he asked me, Mommy, was I adopted? <laughs> no, uh, Beth, I'm not going to tell you how many times we had to try to explain that one to Ginger. <laughs> I, I still don't get it. All right, I seriously still don't get it. You're going to have to explain it. Why is this not making sense to me? I mean, I laughed like I got, don't we all do that sometimes? Uh, Somebody yeah. says a joke, you don't get it, and you kind of laugh. I just did that. Y'all forgive me. I still, I don't get it. Well, when I tried to explain it to Ginger, I couldn't explain it, but he was confusing what a parent is versus what an adult is. What an adult is. is. Yeah. Okay. All right. But he's I'm a very slow. bright young kid. You can hear that. In a his, lot brighter than work. I am, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but, why. I just, I don't know why that one just, I'm like, what? I that don't is know. so funny. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Well, listeners, if you have a kid quip for our show, even one that's too complicated for us to understand, we would love to hear from you. It can be any funny thing your child or grandchild has said, or it can even be something funny you said as a child. Just go to gingerhubber.com slash kidquips. That's Q-U-I-P-S to submit those. Well, Ginger, I for one am so thankful for your hard work on this show and how you point us all myself included, week after week to the source of all wisdom. I'm also thankful for Sherry who sent in today's question and for all of our listeners who have done the same throughout the years. I'm just very humbled and encouraged by this generation of parents who want to follow hard after God and raise children who will do the same. Mm -hmm. So Ginger, can you leave our listeners with a final word of encouragement? 
consequences are part of God's ordained method for driving the foolishness out of the hearts of our children and, let's not forget this, replacing that foolishness with wisdom. But the specifics of which consequences should be given for each particular act of disobedience may not look exactly the same in every family in every situation. That's why God calls parents to pray for wisdom, discernment, and guidance in raising their children. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. If your church might be interested in hosting Ginger and me for a women's event or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Not sure which resource to get? Well, today we're offering a bundle deal of all of Ginger's resources at a $25 discount. This includes her parenting books, study guides, the wise words for mom's chart, as well as the CD and digital download of her audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. Listeners, this is a $95 value for just $70. And if you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com, you can get an additional 10% off this already great deal. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.